0: We are back again today in the studio and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be rocking with you. This is a week 9 recap slash week 10 preview here at Get the Ball Rolling. FCS train has left the station. We are cruising, barreling, motoring on towards the playoff with just a few weeks left. We're starting to get a little bit better of a pitcher slowly, but surely. I'm excited to see uh, what happens Going forward uh, with the FCS, some things that we predicted happened, uh, some things that we predicted happened didn't happen and uh, very very intriguing games uh, coming out of the uh, of, of the FCS in general uh, we're gonna be talking about a couple of those games and then we'll be getting into our bracketology 2.0 that's right that's 2.0 we're here for it I'm excited to be talking about that and uh, we're gonna kind of explain our thinking in some of these things and uh, as we jump into it so the first thing the first game I want to start off with and it might be a little bit uh, counterintuitive to those of you who follow um, FCS, you're probably going to think that I'm going to be talking about Weaver State, uh, South Dakota State. Uh, you know Delaware's loss. No, we're going to be talking about the Utah Tech Trailblazers heading down to Texas and stopping Stephen F. Austin on the one-inch yard line. From getting a touchdown, bashing the playoff hopes and dreams for the Lumberjacks, uh, I am a an, an alumnus of. Uh, Utah Tech University. I actually went to it when it was Dixie State. So it's still the university that I went to, just a different name. And uh, super happy for Coach Peterson. He's been a you know friend of the show. He's came on and talked football for us. Uh, we love Utah Tech football. We love what they're building here in St. George. Let me tell you, this is a fun team to watch uh, as they're growing, as they're coming into their own. Uh, and watching that game to go on the road and get a win against a very, very good Stephen F. Austin team. I, th- I honestly almost had Stephen F. Austin to pick uh, over, uh, you know, Austin P. Eastern Carolina or Eastern Kentucky, uh, and Central Arkansas, but uh, in that A-Sun whack auto bid, that is not happening. I don't think uh, the Lumberjacks can recover from that loss. Uh, you know, Utah Tech only being two and six, and our only win uh, coming against Shadron State. So I'm really excited to see that they were able to pick up a win, uh, and we're taking on our rival 40 miles away. I believe the campuses are like 42 miles apart. Southern Utah, the the Thunderbirds are going to be coming down to St. George uh, in this next weekend. I cannot wait. I want to touch on that. Uh, I know that we don't talk a ton of Utah Tech on the show, and uh, but being, uh, you know, being Alumni from that school, uh, having gone there, having ran, having been in the athletic department, really big win for Coach Peterson, all of the guys and his coaching staff, uh, and all the supporters that were there uh, in Texas. And that was an awesome win. So now we'll be jumping into the rest of the games and some of my thoughts. I want to start off, uh, we're going to start off with Weaver State. Now, this, this game, this score looks a lot closer than what it was. Weber State really should have won 24-14. to 14. They let a kick return, uh, you know, be ran back with, I believe it was like 338 or something on the clock. They they let Montana score, so uh, I, I kind of considered that. I mean, it is impressive that you got a kick return for a, for a run back, but it never really felt like Montana was in control of this. Weaver State is a good football team, and just like I said, uh, my questions about Montana going into it is now – if they don't get a win, now they're on they're on a little bit of a slide, and I don't want to just bash a team while they're down. Uh, but Montana fans in my DMs and all over Twitter and all over the place, uh, hey, you love we get it, we love your grids. but you've got to kind of look at, at at the facts here. Again, we'll lay it out: Northwestern State, South Dakota, Indiana State. Those are the only the only non-conference games that you have. Then you play Portland State, Big Sky, not real great. Idaho State, bottom of the Big Sky the last few years. And then the three teams that you play, you lose. Now, one of them was at home, two on the road. I understand one was in overtime, but I'm not giving counts for almost wins. When you're looking at this, if they lose to Montana State, uh, arguably their best win is Portland State, which is not great right now if you're looking uh, as a Montana fan. Uh, Portland State is is a measly 3-5. and five. Uh, Maybe Eastern Washington would have more wins by the time you play them, but looking very ugly for the Grizz right now uh, with that loss. Weaver State, you know, looking great. Uh, The unfortunate part about it if you are a Weaver State fan is you're you're you know you're you're hoping you get the win against Sacramento State this week and I actually think they do Sacramento State's kind of been living on a prayer uh, they've kind of got they're kind of like a cat they've got nine lives and I think they used up the rest of their luck that last uh, drive against Idaho and uh, they've been at home for the most part I don't think I don't see them going to Ogden Ogden's going to be about uh, I think the weather about 45 uh, degrees some wind up on that hill in, in the altitude, I don't know. However, their run game does travel well. Uh, a lot of teams that come to Ogden that struggle are big passing teams, but uh, Weaver State is known to corral the run. They beat Kennesaw State uh, in Ogden. They, they play very, very well in Ogden, so I'm leading Weaver State. Uh, but if you want the Big Sky title, you're kind of hoping that Montana State slips up. Montana State has NAU, Cal Poly, and the Grizz, so uh, unfortunately, Weaver State fans, you're going to have to become Grizzly fans so that you can uh, at least get a share of of that big uh, sky title and uh, I know Idaho only sitting at one loss it'd be kind of like a four-way tie Uh, if you're looking at Idaho's remaining schedule you have eastern Washington UC Davis and Idaho State which that UC Davis game very very tough so uh, you know if you it could be a four-way tie or something like that if they all lose but uh, really not looking great if you're a Grizz fan Weaver State kind of just sitting on their haunches waiting to to strike here Uh, I think Weaver State is a phenomenal team. I think Sacramento State and Montana State haven't played great. Sacramento State in the playoffs is where I have questions. That's where the big question marks are in these big games. Uh, they haven't played Weber State in a few years. This Saturday, they're going to be able to prove, they can, they can shut people like me up with a win, but I don't think they're going to Ogden to get the win, and I think it's going to make the Big Sky even more intriguing. I think the Big Sky has four good teams, well, three really great teams, one good team, and a team absolutely teetering on uh, the precipice, and it's not who you think it is, we'll get into them in a little bit, but... Um, and a couple other games, you know, around the around the the country, we had uh, Chattanooga falling to Furman. Uh, the SoCon kind of eating their own here, which which is what tends to happen here. Uh, Furman moving to five and one, but as I look at the remaining schedule, uh, they have a very tough schedule. They have to go to Mercer at Mercer. They do have a bye, and I think that bodes very well. Uh, Their losses are just to Sanford and Clemson, so you're going to throw that Clemson game out. Uh, I personally think they're not going to beat Mercer at home, and so they're going to be right on the precipice of getting into the playoffs. I think the Paladins are good. Uh, They were able to beat Chattanooga, however they were at home. Uh, I think this year, with the parity, it's going to be very nitpicky. The committee is really going to have to look at uh, everything. And I think them being at home is going to kind of uh, not hurt them because they got the win, uh, but, but just a very interesting kind of dynamic there. We've got kind of a four-way race for that SoCon title. I think there is a potential that four of them get in. I don't think they will. I think they'll just take three. Uh, Mercer picking up the win against VMI. They've got uh, really tough games coming up. They have a bye, and then they're taking on Furman at home. I think if they beat Furman, they kind of seal their their destiny to go to the playoffs with losses. would only be to Samford and Chattanooga, you know, if they don't. Uh, and Auburn, and I think you throw out the Auburn game right and i think the 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 bears get in now if you're looking at it from samford's point of view we're kind of bouncing around here Uh, you've got to take on vmi i think you're going to boat race them this weekend and then you've got to beat chattanooga and mercer the best thing to happen is to have a clear cut champion and then kind of have two and then one, uh, again, I think three of them could get in. I, I've been a huge fan of Mercer. I've been following them for a very long time. Sanford is just putting people away. They're scoring a lot of points. They're putting away. We'll see if anything comes back to haunt Sanford. Hey, they even, I mean, they held Georgia to 33 points. Um, We'll see what happens with Samford, the Bulldogs, but very interesting SoCon race with four four at the top with just three, I believe, three games to go to kind of finish off the season. Uh, Southeast Missouri had an upset loss, 23-28 to uh, Eastern Kentucky. We'll be talking about them in a little bit. Um, But the creme de la creme, in my opinion, this week was Holy Cross taking on Fordham. If you did not watch this game, you missed out. Uh, It was honestly, I I love the FCS, and a lot of these games get a lot of hype. Uh, I thought the Montana State-Weaver State game delivered, not just, uh, you know, offensively, but there were defensive stops. There were little things. These teams were really, really good. Uh, however, that Fordham Holy Cross game—I have not seen a game like that in a very long time. I loved it. Let me tell you, I was all about it. I thought that uh, that both teams played phenomenal. Holy Cross went for. Two, they get it on a crazy double reverse on uh, from the from the three yard line or whatever. I, I watched it back and forth, back and forth. It was phenomenal, and I tweeted. I said, I think both teams deserve to be in here. I think Holy Cross, uh, after that game and them coming back, they were kind of down for most of the second half, and then having the guts. Now they were at home, but having the the wherewithal to come back and win. Uh, and Fordham. Very, very good team. Streaky team. When they are on, they are on. They might have the best fastball in all of FCS, and that's including the Jackrabbits. That's including Sacramento State and Montana State. They are absolutely dominant when they're on, but when they get out of rhythm, and if they play a team that can break that rhythm, you can see it break down. There were times that Holy Cross defense just... just. Interrupted the play enough. Uh, I thought there was a weird call at the end of the game. It was a unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughness, and it was before the... I didn't understand that. I thought the refs should have kind of got out of it. Uh, it would have... Uh, you know, I don't think it would have mattered in the end. Kind of a weird uh, call to make right there. But I really, really like both of these teams. And as we get into bracketology, uh, 2.0, you're going to kind of see that reflected. Uh, I understand that the, the Patriot League is not known for Dominance uh, but I think that when you look at the the totality of both teams, assuming that Fordham wins out, assuming Holy Cross wins out, uh, I think both teams deserve to be in the playoffs, and I think that's what it's all about. I would love to see Fordham uh, take on a St. Francis, you know, in the in the first round of the playoffs, and the winner plays Holy Cross, and I would love to see Fordham Holy Cross. Give me more of that. That was phenomenal. Or um, a Fordham taking on you know a Delaware a William and Mary in the second round. A uh, you know a Richmond, anything like that, I think that would be a really, really good football game. And I I would be sad to see if Fordham does not get in uh, based on a two-point conversion because it was, I mean, we're talking inches, not feet probably even smaller than that, millimeters to, to the victory. I mean, it was tipping. It was going back and forth, back and forth. Phenomenal game. So speaking of Bracketology 2.0, we're going to be releasing our whole picks for what we think the playoff bracket would be looking like. Now, um, a lot of people put it a lot more uh, when, the, when they're thinking about this. Uh, I know that the first round of the playoffs has really different rules than what it would normally be. They have to, it's something like they can only travel a certain amount of miles away from the campus to play on the other campus. That's why you see a lot of West Coast teams, uh, Missouri, you know, Big Sky playing Missouri Valley teams. Uh, They're at like the edge of that, zone or or it's you can take a bus to get there something like that i think it needs to be changed i think uh the fcs is big enough for it to be changed however uh this is kind of my opinion on it so we're going to kind of be releasing it uh and we're going to be tweaking it the last three weeks and we're going to do a lot of these things based on assumptions of of predictions future predictions that we're going to make so Ragged all issue 2.0 we'll be talking about the eight teams that get in uh followed by the auto bids and then the rest of the team the rest of the field that we think that gets in so we're going to roll through it uh one through eight starting at number eight we have william and mary seven sacramento state six holy cross five uh incarnate word uh four weaver state three north dakota state two montana state one south dakota state i think those two those eight teams are very solid obviously delaware dropping out chattanooga dropping out i think chattanooga could get back in with wins obviously uh again it's it's going to be very interesting in the socon uh because uh chattanooga does have to uh, play sanford they would arguably have the easiest i think because they only have one team left or you know Beat the Citadel. If you can beat Western Carolina, uh, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. But you've already beat Mercer. So your your last game is at home against uh, Sanford. You're going to have to take it home the mocks of Chattanooga, but I think uh, they drop out. We'll be talking about them in just a moment. Uh, The Autovans out of the ASUN WAC, I I, I hesitate because of the win against Southeast Missouri, but I want to put them in there, and that would be Eastern Kentucky. I think this team played well against Southeast uh, Missouri. Uh, I think that they're a really interesting team going forward. Central Arkansas can give them maybe a little bit of a run kind of up in the air. It's weird how they do the ASUN whack. Uh, I don't like it. I wish they would kind of combine some, some conferences so that we could get a more clear cut picture, uh, of what the criteria is. I mean, I don't think Jacksonville state is not eligible, but I think Sam Houston is this year. I mean, kind of unclear. They haven't just came out, uh, with, with big, you know, bright letters. Hey, here's the line in the sand and where they're kind of playing each other, but not playing each other makes it even more difficult. So, uh, that's kind of where we're at with with, with those guys. Uh, number 10, I think the Ohio Valley, out of Ohio Valley, I think UT Martin has a very, very good uh, chance right now. When I'm looking at the standings, uh, they've played well. And uh, now... They're both uh, UT Martin and Southeast Missouri probably will finish out the season undefeated in conference play. Uh, UT Martin playing Kennesaw State, Tennessee State, and Eastern Illinois left. And then Southeast Missouri uh, taking on Tennessee State, Eastern Illinois, and Murray State. So similar teams um, that they're going to be playing, they do not play each other, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, Southeast Missouri does have a better better ranking. I don't know or a better uh, overall record. And UT Martin uh, does have two losses. They are FBS. They only have one FCS loss. But I, I don't know if you can where where they were a uh, a. Playoff team last year, I don't think you can omit them. I would put them as the auto bid um, and then have Southeast Missouri in. I think UT Martin has just as good of a chance of getting in. Now, uh, their best win would, would you know, you're not going to have a ton of that, but I think it's just a good team that you put in. I, I, I like the, the uh, Skyhawks there. And then for the Big South NCANT, we said that Campbell needs to be careful. A lot of people, I mean, I've been impressed with Campbell a lot. Uh, NCANT is, is undefeated right now. The only other team that is undefeated in that conference is Gardner Webb. Now, NCANT is 5 and 3, and Gardner Webb is 4 and 5. So, Gardner Webb would, would need to, to really start winning out. Now, Gardner Webb's losses have come to uh, Coastal Carolina, which is FBS. Uh, Marshall, who is FBS. And Liberty, who was FBS, so you can wipe away three of those losses. Their other two losses would be to Elon and. Uh, to Mercer, which Mercer I think is a really good team, so uh, I don't think Gardner Webb gets in on their merits alone. I think t, uh will have to travel to Gardner Webb and get the win. I think that they do. We said at the beginning of the season I thought it would be Campbell or uh, or and t It looks like ncant could could maybe snag the auto, but if they can, I do know that they've been. Uh, this has kind of been a constant churn, flip over, turnover, whatever you want to call it in the Big South. Uh, but that would be my guess. NEC, St. Francis, and then third uh, pioneer, we'd have uh, Davidson. So now getting into the people that I think are going to be getting seeds, uh, I'd say right now, Samford, we'll go through these five real quick. Samford, Idaho, Delaware, Chattanooga, and Richmond. I think Samford is going to win the SOCON. I think that they're going to have a shot for a, you know, an argument uh, to be made, if they go undefeated, the rest of the way out to be made a seed. Uh, I know I have UIW right now. I think UIW's highs have been a little bit higher than Sanford's, but I think there's an argument to to replace them. You could even replace like a William & Mary. If they do, they'd only have one loss, Uh, but I have them making it. Uh, Idaho, I think Idaho's played well. I think that they deserve to be there uh, with a win against Montana. The only thing is uh, the rest of the way for for Idaho uh, you don't really have another chance to get a signature win without loss against Sacramento State. So you beat Eastern Washington. And that game against UC Davis, uh, we'll talk about UC Davis in just a little bit, but UC Davis is, is going to be right there on the edge. And that is the game of all games that they have to win. And when you get a dog backed up into its corner, I think UC Davis could definitely pull a quick one against Idaho. So their best win would be Montana, but uh, Montana... I mean, their argument would be, hey, you know, we, we played a tough schedule, but I think Idaho gets in over Montana. So I'm going to be putting Idaho in, uh, barring any crazy upsets, but I think Idaho wins it. 16, Delaware, yeah, they lost. I think once when they're healthy, they're they're one of the best teams uh, in the in in the nation. I have eight, uh, 17, I have Chattanooga. I think Chattanooga gets in. I think it's going to be very, very close. Uh, I think that they're going to... But, but they get in nonetheless. Uh, I, I do like to see Chattanooga getting in there. Number 18, I do have Richmond. I think Richmond's kind of flying under the radar. CAA, very difficult to predict where, where they're not playing everybody. Um, you you have New Hampshire, William & Mary, Richmond, Law, Delaware, Rhode Island. And uh, if you're going to throw in Rhode Island, you even have Villanova all the way down there. I don't think Villanova gets in. I think Rhode Island's played a little bit better. Uh, But you're going to have to, uh, you know, it's going to be kind of splitting hairs. I think Richmond... Uh, when you're looking at their schedule, they're six and two with losses to Elon and Virginia, so you throw that one out. Elon's the only one. Uh, if you beat New Hampshire, uh, if you win two of the next three, I think you're in, and that would be New Hampshire, Delaware, William and Mary. So obviously, I think they beat. I actually think they beat New Hampshire. That that game's going to be played this weekend. I think Richmond kind of upsets them. New Hampshire hasn't really been tested yet, so I think they beat them there, and then they're going to split between Delaware and William and Mary. I would tend to say they lose at Delaware uh, if everybody's he- uh, healthy. North and Henderson and everything right um and the quarterbacks look in the way that that he has and I think you beat William and Mary in the final one-off game at home which could potentially move you uh the top but I do think Richmond gets in but I have them right there number 19 I do have southeast Missouri uh I would throw in UT Martin as well I think this is is a good team uh and I think they deserve to be in. Coming in at twenty, I do have North Dakota. They're another team that's kind of sitting there in the Missouri Valley. Missouri Valley, not as uh, not as dominant as as what they have in the past. Ben, I'm looking at North Dakota. I just think that they're they're a good team. They beat you and I, uh, and they beat Missouri State. Yeah, they have an ugly loss against SIU, but I think that uh, their 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 best case would be they win, they beat Indiana State, they beat uh, South Dakota. If they can go on the road, beat North Dakota State at home, I think they're shooing. I would, I you know, a 7-win Missouri Valley team get in. I think they do it just based on how difficult that is. Now, SIU fans are going to be happy when we get to SIU, but it's going to be kind of the fact of the matter. Uh, and, and North Dakota, they've played a, a, a decent schedule. You throw out one uh, loss against Nebraska. They only have two FCS losses, so Uh, they did play tough against South Dakota State I think that they get in Um, I think the Fighting Hawks get in Coming in at number twenty-two is kind of what I'm thinking is uh, or twenty-one. I don't know where we're at, uh, but Mercer. I think Mercer gets in over Furman. I think uh, Mercer gets the best of them. I like I said, they're kind of all eating their own. I think Mercer ends up beating Furman off the bye at home. I think they lose to Sanford in the season finale on the road. I think they're eight and three with the loss against Auburn being thrown out. They're eight and two with losses to just Sanford and. Nuga. I think those are two teams that are above them, and I think that they're that third team that gets in. However, I, the, I could say the exact same thing about Furman going forward, uh, but I think that this is Mercer's year. I think everything's going to be riding on this game. They remember what it was like last year when they were left out, and I think they get the win here. Uh, Coming in next, I have UC Davis and you're going to say, wow, that's kind of high for UC Davis. But if you look at their schedule, uh, the rest of the way, very interesting. Uh, They have a chance to make some serious noise. So they're four and four right now. Uh, Obviously losses to Cal, you throw that out. And then they've played the number one team in the nation, South Dakota State, uh, uh, Weaver State, which I think is the fourth best team, and Montana State, which I think is the second best team. So they've played three top teams, and definitely the committee is going to look at that and play them well. I mean, Weaver State, they just lost by um, five. Uh, South Dakota State just lost by two. So very interesting. If... UC Davis can beat Idaho State. They can go on the road against Idaho and win and beat Sacramento State. I think they definitely have an argument. If they do not beat Idaho or they do not beat Sacramento State, this team will not get in. But I think that they have a chance. I think that this team has been tested. And that's why I think I have That's why I have Sacramento State just a little bit lower. I think Sacramento State is going to lose two games. And that's, that's just where I'm at. I think uh, UC Davis is going to catch fire here. They've been playing very, very well. They've been Absolutely dominating the mid to bottom of the Big Sky. I think they beat Idaho State this weekend. I think they beat Idaho again, and I think they get ready for that rivalry game against Sacramento State. They're going to lay it on the line. They're a seven and four team. I think you've got to put them in as one of the first th- or the last three in next team I have up is Rhode Island. Again, I, I this is going to be tough just due to some of the logistical things. Uh, Rhode Island is kind of far down, and you're going to say, well, Rhode Island, well, why not Elon? I think Rhode Island's going to win out, uh, and I don't think Elon does. I think they go in at 8-3. and three. They've only lost, uh, and they have the tiebreaker over Elon. They've lost to William & Mary by one point. Uh, they lost to Pitt. You throw that one out, and they lost to Delaware. And so if those two teams are above them, I think they beat Maine. I think they beat New Hampshire, and I think they beat uh, uh, Albany to to finish off the season. I think they're 8-3. and three. I think this is definitely a team you've got to put in. Very interesting, very fun team to watch. Uh, they came storming back against William & Mary on the road. They had a chance at the end just couldn't capitalize I have them in and then for the final spot I do have Fordham uh, coming in at 24 I think Fordham is more interesting than Montana I think they'll be more interesting than a Mercer or a, or a uh, Furman I think they'll be more interesting than SIU you and I or, or, or any other team I think that uh, this team definitely deserves it I think a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy because I think that for Fordham deserves to be in but again based on what I saw I think you put them in I think you, you can't fault them for being in a crappy conference their only losses would be to an fbs team and the conference champion who i think holy cross is is close to a top you know Eight team. I think Holy Cross is going to get a seed this year. If that's your only loss and you've absolutely dominated everybody else, uh, I think Fordham gets in. I, I want to see it. I think we're going for interesting. Uh, I don't find the others, you know, UNI, SIU, Montana, interesting. And you might bash me for their non-conference play. Fine, that's okay. That's all right. But I, I, and I haven't compared the two between uh, Fordham and, and uh, Montana or Furman and Fordham. But I think this team deserves to be there, and I don't think they should be held back due to their conference, uh, their, their, their conference. I don't think they, they, they are and, I, and, I, and so I think they're gonna be the last team that gets in. I could also see them being one of the last teams that gets out or the last you know last three that were left out. Uh, you know, I think New Hampshire is going to be in that mix as well just due to the strength of schedule and stuff like that. So this is my overall prediction. I, you can put Nova right there. There's a couple of teams kind of on the outside looking in waiting to break into that, top uh, that top class, that top tier. I'm very interested to see what happens over the next three weeks. I think this next week we're going to get a lot clearer uh, picture. Uh, going forward, I do have my top 25. We'll be releasing that, um, the week after we're going to kind of do, I know you guys like the top 25, but we're on a way on this episode and then we'll do top 25, uh, and then maybe talk about where the, where the bracketology moves after next week's results. We've got some good ones, uh, a lot of really, really fun games coming up this next week and I can't wait. I think it's going to be, uh... One of those, one of those weeks. I mean, we have Sacramento State, Weaver State. Uh, we have Sanford playing. We have New Hampshire, Richmond. We have Monmouth, Delaware. We have uh, Idaho taking on EWU. Uh, some really, really interesting games. You and I in South South Dakota State. If you and I want the state. In their hopes, can they get a win against South Dakota State? A lot of fun games coming up. I can't wait to break it all down with you coming up next week. Let me know where you think I was right, where I was wrong on some of these predictions. Uh, I think the solid, I think you can kind of interchange a couple of the eight, maybe seedings you could say it's a little bit different. Uh, But uh, for the most part, Loving everything that we're doing here at Get the Ball Rolling. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this. We are continuing to grow our download numbers, our uh, Twitter following. If you haven't followed us, uh, follow us at Get Rolling uh, 19. And, and we love, we absolutely love uh, interacting with you guys through, through all platforms. So be sure to follow us and uh, let us know again where we're right, where we're wrong, and uh, maybe we're crazy. But I love it. That's the best part about sports. Be sure to always uh, subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate all of your love and support that we have had. Until next week, let's keep the ball rolling.